0: Welcome to Spring Ridge Church Podcast. We hope that you will be blessed by the podcast today. If you would like to find out more information about our church, our website's www.springridgechurch.com. You can send an email to me, the pastor, Scott Phillips, at pastor at springridgechurch.com. And uh, we'd love to hear from you. Prayer requests, questions, desire for a Bible study, or you would like some information how to attend our church or another church of like precious faith. Thank you. Enjoy the podcast. God is good, isn't he? You know, I was reminded of a familiar scripture in the Bible, Second Timothy chapter one. Uh, Paul is writing to a younger man that he has tried to help, be a blessing, teach him, train him. And uh, he starts out right in the letter, says, Wherefore I put thee in remembrance that thou stir up the gift of God, which is in thee, by the putting on of my hands. For God hath not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. First of all, we must be reminded that what we have inside of us is the gift of God. It is God's desire to put His Spirit inside of you. Amen. We weren't born with this that I speak of, but we are born again with this, with this which I speak of. Amen. We are all born with breath and life, and we have a human spirit. But the Holy Spirit that we receive when we are born again of the water and of the Spirit, uh, uh, there is a gift that God puts in every believer. And Paul is saying, I want to remind you that you stir up the gift of God which is in you. Everybody say, I have to stir up What's inside of me? Because sometimes it's possible to possess something but not be influenced by it because it's dormant. you got to stir it up. Look at your neighbor and say, stir it up. Stir it up. Second of all, what he gave us is not a spirit of fear. If you ever feel anxious, worried, or afraid, that is not from God. What God has given us, He goes on to say, it is, He has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and a sound mind. The Spirit of God gives us is a spirit of power or dominion or authority. Amen. But you've got to exercise. Everybody say, stir it up. You got to exercise that which God has given you. It's possible to own a tractor and it just collect dust and quit running. Are you hearing me? You have to start it up. You have to put the plow down. You have to you have to use what God's given you. Power. The second thing He's it, given us a spirit of love, which is is you could say it's openness to other people. It's a It's a general attitude of kindness, a a, a charity, that, that which we have toward those around us, that is the spirit that God gave us. God is love. And that which he gave us, when it's stirred up, it's going to cause us to have a positive, hopeful attitude towards other people. And when we're not feeling that, that should tell us, I need to stir it up. Amen? And the third thing is sound mind. Amen. If we've ever lived in a generation where people need to have a sound mind, what does it mean to have a sound mind? It means to have peace, to have a a general sense of joy, and and a, a, a mind that's made up. I am going to do what's right. Amen. And I wanted to remind you before I preach today, God has something inside of you. God has a purpose for you, but if it is to be, say it with me, if it is to be, it's up to me. Amen. If you have your Bibles, you can stand with me. I'm going to read a text and then you can be seated. I'm going to read a longer text. 1 Peter chapter 5. I don't know what heaven's going to be like, but I feel pretty confident that there will not be any sound systems. Amen. I don't believe there'll be any Wi Fi, Twitter, or Facebook. Amen. All that's going to the lower place, I believe. 1 Peter chapter 5, uh, beginning with verse 6. Humble yourself, therefore, under the mighty hand of God. That he may exalt you in due time. Casting all your care upon him. For he careth for you. Be sober. Be vigilant. Why? Because your adversary the devil. As a roaring lion walketh about seeking whom he may devour. Whom resist steadfast in the faith, knowing that the same afflictions are accomplished in your brethren that are in the world. The same difficulties, the same challenges, the same temptations, the same troubles. What you're facing, you're not alone. Verse 10, but the God of all grace, who hath called us unto his eternal glory by Christ Jesus, after that ye have suffered a while, make you perfect establish strengthen settle you to him be glory and dominion forever and ever amen look at your neighbor and say god is going to help us amen you be seated the other day i was having actually i was driving to the church my wife was in the passenger seat and uh, we talk about things we've read or saw or heard. And, and uh, my wife said, I heard something the other day I thought that you would really like. And I said, okay. She said, I heard someone say, it's not your fault, but it is your problem. Did you hear that? It's not your fault, but it is your problem and i heard that and i thought hmm i like that and i typed it in my phone i've been thinking about it this week and as is often my my my, my process in preparing for a message i had that in my notes and uh, along with other things that i had typed up and i began to look at various verses that seemed to spark as i read them and before i knew it that saying fit with what i had in my heart to preach today. So it's not my fault, but it is my problem. We live in a world, we were born into a world, we were dealt cards we didn't pick. We were dealt uh, situations that we didn't choose. We didn't choose our mama and our daddy and our mama and daddy didn't choose us. We, uh, uh, through God's way of working and just the, 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 the way life is. Uh my mom and dad didn't go to the baby shop and say, Yeah, that's the temperament I want and uh that's the uh intelligence or lack thereof I want. Uh that you, you understand what I'm saying? My parents didn't pick me out. He didn't get to choose a, a skull a color scheme from, from Sherwin Williams where my fingernails match my eyeballs. He I was born, and take it or leave it, there I was. And it's true for you uh, and I. When we were born, we didn't choose our mother and father. Amen? And and and, and so we didn't choose what country we were born in. We didn't get to uh, roll it and put our finger on it and say, I want to be born in, in, in the Netherlands or uh, uh, Hawaii. Right? I mean, truth of the matter is, if we had a choice, we might have chosen maybe a different circumstance. Right? And so, uh, whether, no matter what our abilities or the lack of abilities we have, we, we did not choose the settings of the game. I remember a number of years ago, uh, I, I used to play Madden football on uh, the PlayStation or the, the Xbox. Actually, I played it back when it was on a Genesis. If anybody remembers those. And there is a mode where you can create your own player. Anybody know what I'm talking about and And so if you want to, you can make him seven foot tall, weigh four hundred pounds, and he's tens all the way across. He's like a a giant. He's like a a a Roman god, right? Or you have a, a, a set number, and then you can choose how whether you put it in speed or height or weight or strength or dexterity, ability to catch hands. And, and, and you have this player where you have this set amount. Everybody has, has this same amount, and you kind of divide it up. Can I? That's not the way life is, right? We all have been given things there have been things that have happened to us there are situations that we didn't choose there are bad things that have happened there are difficulties we face there have sicknesses we've went through are y'all hearing me amen it wasn't our fault but it is our problem and and I, I, i thought of many various stories in the bible that i could read to you and and explore with you that illustrates this, and the story that I was prompted is in the Bible in the book of Daniel chapter two, there are four individuals specifically that are talked about in the book of Daniel daniel of course the 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 man whose name is given to the book Daniel, and then there are three friends that he has, and these Four men, young men, are Israelites. And when they are young, the king of Babylon comes to Judah. And he carries away the the, the most talented, gifted people, most intelligent people. He took the very best of Israel and he carried them off to Babylon. And he's going to use them to, to, admit, to, to work in his kingdom. And the first thing he does is he makes these young men eunuchs. If you don't know what that means, amen. I'll explain it to you after church. Everybody say it's not my fault. It is my problem. They, they are prescribed a certain menu. They are given certain clothes. They are slaves in Babylon they do not have freedom they are not their own they are vassals they are servants they are slaves to a Babylonian king these this foreign land they worship demons they do all kinds of wicked things and it is not an ideal situation no one would choose the life of Shadrach Meshach and Abednego and Daniel But even though they are in less than ideal circumstances, that is where they are. It's not their fault, but it is their problem. In in Daniel chapter 2, the Bible talks about the fact that that there were, uh, uh, because of a previous test that they passed, And God favored them among all the other slaves that had been gathered from all around the world and other servants throughout the kingdom of Babylon. Uh, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego had been chosen above others and they were ruling the province. And those who had not been chosen, those who had not excelled, I mean, I think it's amazing that they excelled even though it wasn't their fault. But in a bad situation, they were still doing well, and they figured out, you know, I, we gotta come against Shadrach and Meshach and Abednego, and so they conspired that they would set a trap. They, 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 they tricked, they, they, they could cajoled, they, they persuaded Nebuchadnezzar, the king of Babylon, the most glorious king of that day, that he should erect a golden image. Of himself and so he did he erected this large golden image and all of the servants of the king of Babylon Nebuchadnezzar were gathered together and they were told when you hear the music everybody's going to bow and worship the idol which is of our great king Nebuchadnezzar and, and everybody's going to bow everybody said everybody's going to bow Everybody's going to bow. We're going to worship the image, the golden image of our great king Nebuchadnezzar. And they were told, if you don't do this, you're going to be thrown in a fiery furnace. And so it came to the day, the day I suppose of the dedication of the idol, of of this image, this golden image of Nebuchadnezzar, they began to play the, the flute and the, the harps and, and all the various instruments that there was a, a sound made. And the Bible says they all bowed except Shadrach, Meshach, and a billy goat. I mean, a bendigo. And, and, and no, I would say if you, if it's hard to know what someone else is doing if you're doing what you're supposed to be doing. So everybody didn't notice what Shadrach, beshach and Abednego was doing because they were doing what they're supposed to do. You know, uh, you, you won't have much to criticize what other people are doing if you're doing what you're supposed to be doing. But those that had conspired to create this circumstance, they were watching because they knew Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were probably going to err on this situation. They were not going to bow. The Bible says that they went to the king and the king said, Oh, great king, you know, you said that everybody's supposed to bow and and, and everyone that doesn't bow is going to get put in the furnace. So they call Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and they bring him before the king. And the king says, You know what? we're going to give you another chance. We're going to cause everybody, to all these instruments to play. And when you hear the music play, you better bow. And, and Daniel chapter 2 and, and verse 14 says, Nebuchadnezzar spake and said unto them, Is it true, O Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, do not ye serve my gods, nor worship the golden image which I have set up? Now, if ye be ready, that at the, what time ye hear the sound of the cornet, the flute, the harp, the sackbut, uh, the psaltery, the dulcimer, and all kinds of music, ye fall down and worship the image which I have made. But if ye worship not, ye shall be cast the same hour into the midst of a burning, fiery furnace. And who is that God? I love this. Who is that God that shall deliver you out of my hands? Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego answered and said, O king, O Nebuchadnezzar, we are not careful to answer thee in this matter. If it be so, our God whom we serve is able to deliver us from the burning fiery furnace and he will deliver us out of thine hand, O king. Verse 18. But if not, And I tell you, the difference between the winners and the losers in the kingdom of of God are those that have that but-if-not attitude. I'm going to do what's right even if what I hope to happen doesn't happen. I believe God's going to deliver me, but if he doesn't deliver me, but if not... Our God, whom we serve, is able to deliver us from the burning, fiery furnace, and he will deliver us out of thine hand, O king. But if not, be it known unto thee, O king. I want you to picture this. This, this isn't like the President of the United States. This is a man that has ultimate authority. At his word, he can have you thrown in a fiery furnace. Amen. And most of us under normal circumstances when we are faced with someone that has that much power over us we might very well be like the rest and bow down. Now I want you to understand Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and Daniel weren't the only Israelites there. There were hundreds, potentially thousands of Jews that were in Babylon. They had been served the same mess they had that 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 Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego had been given they all were in the middle of terrible circumstances but of all the hundreds that were there were only these four that resisted the hand of God that resisted the hand of the king in this situation so i want you to know just because You're called the children of God don't mean that you get a pass to live differently than it takes to be a child of God. It's not enough to say I am a... I'm an Israelite. It's not enough to say I'm a Christian. It's not enough to claim God as your Savior. When, when the chips are down and everything is against you, you have to make up in your mind, it doesn't matter how hard this is, I will not bend and I will not bow. Even if I may burn, I have made up my mind, I will be true to the God in whom I'm called by. And he, he, he told him, Be it known unto thee, O king, we, that we will not serve thy God, nor worship the golden image which thou hast set up. Then was Nebuchadnezzar full of fury. In the form of his visage, his face was changed against Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Therefore he spake and commanded that he should heat the furnace. They should heat the furnace. One, seven. Times more than it was meant to be heated. It was everybody say it was hot, and he commanded the most mighty men that were in his army to bind Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and to cast them into the burning, fiery furnace. Then these men were bound in their coats, their their and their, their hats and other garments, and 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 were cast into the midst of the burning fiery furnace therefore because of the king's command was urgent and the furnace was exceeding hot the flames of the fire slew those that took up Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego so the mightiest in Nebuchadnezzar's army died in the process of throwing Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in the furnace right they're dead everybody say they're dead they dead and so the Bible tells us that, that these three men, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, fell down in the, bound in, in the midst of the burning fiery furnace. Verse 24, everybody say, Then. Then Nebuchadnezzar the king was astonished and rose up in haste and spake and said unto his counselors, Did not we cast three men bound into the midst of the fire? And they answered and said, unto the king, True, O king. And he answered and said, Lo, I see four men loose, walking in the midst of the fire, and they have no hurt, and the form of the fourth is like unto the Son of God. Verse 26, Then Nebuchadnezzar came near to the mouth of the burning fiery furnace, and spake and said, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, ye servants of the Most High God. Come forth and come hither. Then Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego came forth in the midst of the fire. And the princes, the governors, the captains, the king's counselors being gathered together saw these men, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, upon whose bodies the fire had, what's it say? The fire had what? The fire had no power, nor was a hair of their head singed, Neither were their coats changed, nor the smell of fire had passed on them. (laughs) Can I tell you that when you will do right by God, God will do right by you. And if doing the right thing gets you in trouble... Keep doing right, because doing right will get you out of trouble. Amen, I'm telling you there is some kind of blessing that comes upon your life when you make up in your mind, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Amen, I'm not sick, I've just my throat uh, saying, I want something to drink, Hallelujah. Thank you Jesus. Amen. So it's not my fault, but it is my problem. It's not my fault. Amen. Can I tell you today that no matter your circumstance, your situation, your history, uh, your your tragedies, your failures, you open it up for me, it doesn't matter what it is that you have went through. Thank you, sir. Amen. The Bible says you will not lose your reward. did what I was just saying. It's powerful though. It doesn't matter what you went through that that, that was perpetuated on you. Amen. The Lord is able to take a bad situation and bless you in the midst of it. God is able to give you power and favor in the midst of the situation. That's saying, it's not my fault but it is my problem I I think that it it communicates to me this sense of taking ownership of your life because it is our nature you look in the book of Genesis chapter 3 when Adam and Eve ate of the forbidden fruit the Lord says to Adam and what have you done he blamed Eve and then Eve blamed the serpent there is something within our nature not to take ownership of the trouble that comes in our life. It's somebody else's fault. It's because they did this. It's because they didn't do this. It's because this happened. And this is why I have the circumstance I have. And all of that may be true, but we have got to recognize that we need to take ownership of what we have. Because until you take ownership of your life, ownership of the situation you have, you will not be able to to rise above the situation and experience God's blessing in your life, you gotta own it. Everybody say, I'm gonna own it. You gotta own it. I looked up this definition, Dr. Google. What does ownership mean? And ownership is the act, state, or right of possessing something. Amen. You you got to put investment in it. You got to put involvement in it, you got to be committed to it. That is what happens when you buy it. It becomes yours. Uh, if you've ever bought something as opposed to renting it. I, mean, I, I know uh, uh, housing is expensive, renting is expensive, and we all have different financial realities. This is not everybody at some point had to, had to live in something that wasn't theirs, whether it was as a child with your family, as a young individual at college. Amen. I we've all had to live in housing that wasn't ours. And one thing about someone that's renting something, they're not going to put any money in it because it's not theirs. If, if the faucet quits working, right, if the lock quits working, what do you do? You call the owner and say, "Hey, I got you got a problem and I need you to come fix it." But when it's yours, you have to go to Home Depot and buy a wrench or you got to buy a faucet or you got to call the plumber and say, "Hey, I need some help." And you got to be the one that writes the check. It's going to cost you something. But the power of ownership is that, that rather than just uh, living and drifting and, 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 and just captive to the circumstances of your present life, when it's yours, it's yours. You can paint the walls pink. You can put purple carpet down. You can paint your roof green. If it's your house, you can do with it what you want to because it's mine. Right? And it's also true for your life. When you take ownership of it and you recognize that if it is to be, it's up to me. I'm going to have to choose what happens in my life. It can't be anybody else's fault anymore. I have to take the, the remnants and the totality of the life I have been given and going to try by the grace of God to make something good of a bad situation. You find this throughout the scripture. People were in less than ideal circumstances. I saw someone recently talking about the modern day church and modern day Christians and and they were not being kind. And, And I understand church world today is challenged and Believers oftentimes do do the do the bare minimum, and 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 I I I, I thought about that for a little bit, and I, I think part of the problem is is America is very prosperous. The early church were kind of like Shadrach and Meshach and Abednego; they were subjects of the Roman Empire. They did not owned the land they lived in. They did not have ultimate authority. Uh, 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 Mary and Joseph had to go to Bethlehem to pay taxes. They, they were very dominated people. And in that day, compared to uh, America, if you just go back 100 years, the poorest people in America are wealthy compared to how poor people used to live. Because most poor people, I know there's people very on the fringe, don't know how to access various programs and things. There's a lot of things available. But the idea of hot water that you could access from inside your house was a dream. To be able to go to the bathroom in the middle of the night without having to walk down a trail, that Today we have access to so many conveniences and, and luxuries that, that people would have spent a lot of their money to have. It is available to us and we can order it online and be delivered in a box. We can go to Walmart, pick it up, we can go through the drive-thru and pick it up. A, a lot of things that would have required a lot of effort requires very little effort. And so people have a lot of uh, 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 a, a time to have pleasure. You don't have to milk a cow to have butter, right? We have so much time, right? And even though we may not have all that we want, we have a lot compared to a lot of people in the world and people in time. And so I think the biggest challenge for the modern American church is the problem of America. The reason why church uh, believers sometimes uh, don't serve the Lord like they could is because they are increased with goods and don't have need of much. And the reason why we have a hard time reaching people and connecting to people is because people don't need God. Amen. They can eat. They don't have to pray about eating. They they can go to work, and they don't have to pray about going to work. They can have a vehicle and transportation, and they can do it all by themselves. They've taken ownership of their life. But here's the the thing, is when when you've taken ownership of your life, that is when you have to make a decision what you're going to do with what you have. The Bible says, casting all your care upon Him. And and truly for you to experience deliverance and to experience life change, not only do you have to take possession of your life, you got to fully take possession of your life so that you can relinquish it and release it into the hands of God. God is able to deliver me. And if He doesn't deliver me, I've made up in my mind, I want to serve God. I want to give Him my heart. I want to give Him my life. I'm not serving God for... For, for, for a popsicle I'm not serving God for a new car I'm serving God because I love him and I wouldn't have breath without him and I, I want, want to go to heaven I don't want to go to hell I want to be a, a believer that honors God in all that I do Amen Amen Hallelujah Amen we pray here just for a moment in the name of Jesus Lord God we 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 can't make it without you Lord God we need you today more than anything else in this world do you feel that way Lord Jesus I need you Lord God you see every question that that I have in my mind you see every need that I have in my life you see every situation that seems to be beyond my ability to fix oh God and Lord Jesus today I ask you oh God to help me see your hand in my life oh God I ask you Lord Jesus to open my eyes to see the way that, that, that give us me wisdom Lord God in what I need to do amen amen you know I have lived a a life of being able to see God work in some of the most difficult situations in people's lives. I have I have sat with people in hospitals. I have sat with people in the waiting room of courthouses. I, I remember one time uh, there was a family. Let me back up a little bit. I I, I was praying one night at the church and while I prayed the Lord showed me these two men I had never seen in the church house before Uh, they one man used to go to the church and the other man was friends with this man that used to go to the church decades ago and uh, I had communicated with him some and he essentially said leave me alone Uh, I'm good and uh, one day I was praying in the church and the Lord gave me a vision of these two men and as i i, I this is what happened i was praying and in my prayer i saw a vision and, and it happens to me sometimes and on this occasion i was i was praying oh god i ask you to do this lord i pray that you do that and, and and as i prayed i saw myself with a fishing pole i was in a boat and, and, and my, my paw was bent over and I began to reel in this line that I had these fish on and as I, I reeled the line in and I pulled the line up on the line <coughs> was what I call a crappie rig it had two uh, hooks on it y'all know what I'm talking about? and on both hooks there was a fish And the fish, both fish, had the face of these two men. These two men. And uh, 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 one of them looked like he might have been a member of Hells Angels' uh, uh, motorcycle gang. And the other one just looked like a typical Mississippi man. And uh, in this vision, (coughs) I, I, I took them off of the line... And, and, and as I took them off the line it's like I saw the hand of the Lord came and, and divided them and, 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 and reached in and inside of them their heart was like a hard shell like a pecan and I saw the hand of the Lord just crack the shell around these men's heart now I know that sounds crazy but that's kind of what I was thinking when I saw it I was like wow Lord what does that mean and I, I felt the presence of the Lord. I knew this was of God. And I said, Lord, you know what it means? And I specifically prayed for these two men, and I, I thought on it, I wondered on it, I'm like, this is strange. And on a Sunday morning, <clears throat> this, the man that I knew, I feel like I need to tell this, uh, uh, the church I pastored was a small, uh, older church uh, down in Hazlehurst. And uh it's a typical small white Mississippi church. And uh this man uh when I would go see him and talk to him, drink coffee, call me rabbi. One day he said, Rabbi, I just gotta tell you, you might as well leave me alone. He said, uh He said, I'm not gonna go to church with a bunch of that word that you don't say about people of African American descent. He said that word. I'm not going to church with a bunch of <clears throat> And I looked at him, I said, you know, I said, you're going to have to learn how to go to church with everyone or you're going to go to hell with everyone. And, of course, he looked at me and he wasn't mad at me, I wasn't mad at him. He said, I'm just telling you, I ain't going to church with a bunch of, and I was like, look, I'm praying for you, but I'm not going to quit preaching and reaching and loving and helping people just because they look different than I do and you don't like it. Uh, that's exactly right, and, and, I, and I looked at him. I said, "Look, I, I, the, the Lord loves." And he said, "Look, I'm just telling you. you just leave me alone." I said, no, "I ain't gonna leave you alone, but I, I'll talk to you later." And went on. So this man said he was never coming. And one Sunday morning, this man with this other guy that, like I said, looked like he was a member of the uh, 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 of the Hell's Angels, they they. While I was standing in the foyer of the little church, and and I was standing there, and and these two men walked in with their wives and their kids and their grandkids, about 13 people, and they filled up two pews uh, in that church, and <clears throat> and I saw the Lord touch that family. Uh, we baptized them. Some of them got the Holy Ghost, and 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 God began to do. Maybe some of the most miraculous things that I had, I've i seen in my ministry in that season. I saw the Lord take people and God did miracles in their lives amen and and, and it wasn't something I created it was God dealing with the hearts of people and I truly believe that, that all of us need to recognize that at the end of the day God and you have an appointment and you're gonna have to decide am I gonna open my heart to the Lord and let the Lord's will be done in my life or am I gonna keep trying to do it on my own can I tell you if you do it with God it's always better if you do it with the Lord it's it's always better because the Lord can bring favor out of the worst circumstances. God can turn things around that seem to be impossible. Amen. Uh, the, the, there was a situation where uh, the one of the men's son was had had a children through uh, another relationship, and and uh, the the father of the daughter <laughs> that's, anyway the, the the family that had the baby that wanted to keep the baby was a very powerful wealthy man in Louisiana uh, uh, the uncle was the sheriff uh, uh, cousin was the judge and there was no way they were going to have access to that kid and uh, they were going to court and paying lawyers and I remember I told him, I'll go to court with you. Just, just, you know, it was a really hard situation. And uh, we went down, and, and we, we, we got to the court at like 1 o'clock during the day. We waited all day. And then it's 5 o'clock. And at 3 o'clock in the morning is when the court started. Yeah. Uh, you know, you know, uh, the justice system isn't always just you know there's are corrupt and crooked people that are in power come on somebody right and and uh uh it, it's it's not a fair system my dad told the story uh one time he went to uh to 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 lunch with a wealthy lawyer and dad sit, describes it that he was in his paint clothes and they went in this fancy restaurant and this lawyer's dressed up all nice and my dad asked the man said is there justice for the poor man and the lawyer told him said No,pe. <laughs> uh, you gotta have the money to pay for a good lawyer right we know that's the way it is so we're in this very difficult situation and I will just sum summarize the conclusion of it when we left that court that day everything had turned around and a miracle had happened in the midst of an impossible situation and I truly believe the catalyst for the miracle was that day when they decided we've tried everything else in this world we might as well try Jesus amen can I tell you you don't have to wait till you get to an impossible situation to open your heart and your life to God because God can turn impossible situations and bring favor in your life, but you have got to be willing after you have owned your situation to be able to turn over the check, to turn over the deed, and sign your name, and say, as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord, and I no longer am my own, but I give my life to Jesus Christ because that's the only way I'm going to see the best things God has for me. Can we raise our hands right now in the name of Jesus? Welcome to Spring Ridge Church Podcast. We hope that you will be blessed by the podcast today. If you would like to find out more information about our church, our website's www.springridgechurch.com. You can send an email to me, the pastor, Scott Phillips, at pastor at springridgechurch.com. And uh, we'd love to hear from you. Prayer requests, questions, desire for a Bible study, or you would like, some information how to attend our church or another church of like precious faith. Thank you. Enjoy the podcast.